Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have some fun here, y'all. We have some fun here. And who can't have fun this time of year in the city of Charlotte? We got Panther Camp going on. Fan Fest tonight at the stadium. 7 o'clock. $5 a ticket now if you want to get in there. This is a great opportunity for, you know, maybe folks that know, hey, I'm I don't know if I can make it to a game this year, or I don't you know, like to drive down to Spartanburg, whatever. Great chance to check out the guys up close and in person. And Spartanburg! Is, this is one place where I do miss Cam, though. Cam would take over this show. It had nothing to do with what he did on the football field. It would be leading the cheers, and Lord knows what. He loved it. He was the showman of all showmen no, during these Fan Fest festivities. He's, he's in the Fan Fest <laughs> ring of honor. Well, oh, he's yeah, that's, that's, Fan yeah. Fest goat. Yes. 100%. Also, that that opened that flounder plate. I don't remember you getting near my cahoots at any point. No. I I don't recall that happening at all, but thank you for staying away from my precious cahoots. I'm going to respect them. I'm going to respect them. Yesterday's practice with the Panthers. And this is what we're getting into talking about now. Yesterday's practice with the Panthers was another one with a bunch of ups for Bryce Young, but one down for Bryce Young. He had multiple touchdowns three of them in the red zone work that he was doing and multiple touchdowns that were threaded you know uh just absolutely tight window and just how to get that thing in there right which makes you feel good about it he tried to get one into a window bone that keith taylor slammed shut and picked off in the end zone amazing interception the way he got his feet down the corner of the end zone and that kid's balling out right now in camp keith taylor listen to frank reich here talk about bryce because We want to get into Scott Fowler's column in this morning's Charlotte Observer. And it's Scott's taking some heat from fans that don't like the headline, don't like the fact that he even wrote about this. The headline of the article is, should the Panthers be concerned about Bryce Young's interceptions? He has four interceptions now in the last four practices, one in each practice. And he takes on that question. Should we be worried about this? And and fans kind of teed off on him on some, like Huddle and some of the, the chats and stuff. Listen to Frank Reich kind of explain what Bryce is doing in red zone work in camp. I thought Bryce had a good day today in the red zone. You know, when you get down to really tight windows, right, as we all know, you have to try things out. Like, we're going to tell him, hey, challenge yourself. See if you can put the ball in that place, in that window, against that coverage. We, we need to find those things out now. What, what are we comfortable with? Did you like the way he ran that route? So I thought Bryce did a great job of that today, as did all the quarterbacks. And, you know, you throw enough down there, you're going to have some good ones and some bad ones. But I thought it was a, a good day. We know that quarterback's the most uh, important position in sports, Mag. It's also the most analyzed position. When you have a guy that was picked number one overall, like Bryce Young, all eyes on everything in this day and age because of social media, the amount of coverage, yes, it will be analyzed to death. But again, today we're focused on the interception because of, well, David Newton put out a tweet yesterday about the red zone stats and the interception, but didn't include the fact that he had three touchdowns in a row also at one point and a drop in the end zone. 
So that's important too for the narrative yeah, of what he did. Seriously. Scott Fowler, he, Scott Fowler doesn't write the headlines. And if you read the, the context of what he said, he's, he's kind of on our side here. But the headline leads you to believe that Bryce Young is struggling. I have a question, Mac, about this though. And I brought it up in hour number one. Bryce Young is working on stuff right now. He's taking more chances than he would in the regular season. When pitchers in spring training get rocked, high-priced dudes, whether it's uh, or, or highly touted guys like Max Fried or I see Garrett Cole sometimes in spring training. He'll pitch two innings, give up five runs, and but you know he's hits, still a good. But pitch. he's working yeah. on stuff. He yeah. Might be yeah. A new pitch. He's trying to get through some things. We don't overanalyze those pitchers in spring training, but quarterbacks now in this day and age, it feels like every INT becomes a referendum on that player. It's just it's a little much sometimes. When you're yeah, especially when you're number one pick rookie. I mean, we're watching everything he does. We overreact to the good ones. I like. I think it's a legit topic. I felt like people, and I don't know. You guys tell us. Like, if you saw the article, like, are you bothered by it? In the article, as you say, Scott Fowler in the, in the article basically comes to the conclusion yes. that we are like, hey man, it's camp. I don't think this is any huge deal. Um, he's definitely making mistakes. It's not all perfect. For all the good he's doing, there is some bad. But it doesn't need to be a huge deal when he's in his first training camp and he's in the first week of his first training camp. I think the headline, a lot of people are mad about the clickbait headline. In fairness with newspapers, you brought this up earlier. I don't think it's the writer that makes the headline. It's not. And, and by the way, yes, the editors are doing headlines so that you do want to read the article. Like, that's just the way it's done. Um, if I can't rip Scott Fowler because aren't we doing the same thing kind of here? Like, we're opening up the topic, but we don't think it's a huge problem. But we are opening – all Scott Fowler did is open up the topic and draw the conclusion of, no, it's not a big deal. So if he was on here – and there's plenty of columnists, Bone, that would do this, right? If they were in Charlotte? Yes. Rabble-rousers. Right, guys that want to stir it up with their columns and stuff. That I, There's plenty of them that probably would write – Oh man, Bryce Young's not taking care of the football. Panther fans be worried. That what if that was the po- the point of the column, I'd be on here ripping the hell out of the columnist, saying, "Come on, man, they're taking things way too seriously here. He's a rookie. It's his first week of camp." But that wasn't the point of his column. It seems like some Panther fans. Hey, Newton's tweet was more of a problem. Yeah, what's that? That's unfair, man. When you're giving out red zone stuff, and the storyline is actually dude threw three touchdown passes out of four attempts, and the other one in the end zone got dropped. That's that's pretty good. We said yesterday. How good is Bryce Young going to be in the red zone? And that day he goes out there, he balled out in that period. But the interception ends up being part of the tweet where it's like, he, that's a little misleading there because he, he had make, a pretty good day. He man, he had to just make a mistake, right? Like he's not well, trying he threw, to. He threw the INT. Yeah. Or, no, I'm saying like David Newton. Oh, oh, yeah. I know Bryce did. I, I guess so. I mean, I'm not, like, it might not be. Or did on, he not even fit? I don't know what. I don't know why you wouldn't a, mention the three touchdowns. It, it might not it, be a purpose thing, but it leads you to go, oh, Bryce Young, if someone, if someone else sees that, if someone from another team is like, how's Bryce Young doing? Let me search. They see INT. Yeah. They don't see the other stuff. Yeah. That's where narratives Dude, develop. Well, that's what someone said about the column. Someone said about the column, it le- just writing the article and having the headline, it leads people to believe our rookie's struggling, and I don't like that. What do you guys think, like... Is the article a fair article? Like, is it a, is it a, is it worthy of writing the article? We think it is. We're sitting here talking about it. Is it a news story that he's thrown a pick every day in the last four days? I think it is. But then the next question is, I think it's because everything's newsworthy. He's good. The good plays are newsworthy. So are the bad ones. But the next question is where I get adamant. Like, 
is this a big like cause for concern? Yeah, to me, it's worth a news story. Like, if we're going to talk about whoever bats a pass down in training camp, right? Like, we're going to write his name in the paper and stuff or bring him up on the radio. I think it's newsworthy. He's the number one overall pick. He's our franchise. But, like, is it a big deal? And should we really be worried about it? That's where I'm like, man, like, some of these fans, see, some of the fans that are texting us think, like, this dude says Bryce Young's size is causing him to throw these interceptions. Another guy says, I told you we should have drafted Stroud. Like, that crap's ridiculous, man. The uh, column's okay. That that crap is so ridiculous. That doesn't need the troll bell, Mac. That needs the old Stephen A. Smith here. Y'all can kiss my ass <laughs> twice. Mac, uh, our, <laughs> so that's above the troll bell? Uh, yeah. That's, like, that's like when you go above and beyond troll bell Yeah, that means you, you've already moved yourself past. <laughs> when you get the Stephen A. Smith double ass kiss uh, sound. Founder, you've done something there. Mac, our guy on the text line, 704 570 9610, Durs from Huntersville brings up a great point. Keep in mind when analyzing mistakes in the preseason, especially by quarterbacks, Bryce is facing that defense all the time. They're, he's not exactly fooling them at this point in camp either, right? He's So some of that, Matt, can be that defense already knows what they're doing so well, and he may force it. I'm not saying he should be making mistakes, but, Matt, he's facing the defense over and Absolutely. over and over and, and over. And Keith Taylor... Let's not forget him here. Yeah, that's he a good, said that, that's he a good a great, story. He made a great play. He did, man. It really was a nice how one. Way we speak how out. often do we say that? I, last year we didn't, but in camp we've been saying it, so maybe there's something good there. Got a great text from a Panther fan that says, Mac, I don't get it. Do people want Bryce and the offense to tear apart the defense? If that happened, these same fans be freaking out about the defense. Yeah, haven't we always talked to coaches about this? That what you want in training camp is you want to give and take. You don't want one side of the ball dominating because that could mean that one side of the ball is going to be horrid. You want a play by the defense. Oh, Bryce struck back. Like, that's what you want, right? Don't you want to balance practice and training camp? Absolutely. So that's what we're getting. It's, it, dude, if Bryce Young was not making the plays he's making the chart, not throwing the touchdowns and stuff like that, not vibing with Thielen on, on the chain movers, but it was all it was like heavy mistakes – then I would understand the concern. You know me. I've overreacted a time or two to Panther stuff. So I'm not on here preaching like I've never overreacted. Yes. But, yes. like, there's just so much good that one bad throw a day doesn't strike me as some huge alarm, especially in his first week of training. Camp. And uh, uh, Also, can we go check on C.J. Stroud back in Houston, what the storyline there is? Is he throwing picks? Someone said he he's threw, throwing. He threw a couple the other yeah. day. I think it was a couple days ago. Uh, the SI.com Texans feed has an article up about – I'm paraphrasing, but can C.J. Stroud navigate the Houston food scene? Oh, Because he was talking they yesterday about he's, Houston's known for their food, and he's found a lot of it already, and he can't stop eating oxtail. So now the writer says, C.J. Stroud's got to make a choice soon on what his diet's going to be. Now, see, that article seems more ridiculous than Scott Fowler's. <laughs> wow. Right? Like, unless he shows up, Bone... Looking like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man or Fat Mac, one or the other, in camp. And you're like, oh, my God, what happened to C.J. Stroud? Oh, it was Houston, Texas food. C.J. Like, Pounds. Hey, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, that feels like that writer is making something. He's got to make a choice. 
Like, how dramatic do we have to be? And Flander brought up a good point. What if C.J. Stroud's next presser, he tell, he, he's mad at this writer, and he says, you know what, sir, you wrote that article, I've made my choice. It's Texas It's Texas food. It's, right, it's Texas Oxford. food. I'm going to retire from football. Like, the, what, what is that? It's the oxtail we said he can't stop eating. It's all of us obsessing over these rookies, and I do it too. I just don't think you should be critical of him or freak out about him over this sample. By the way, another thing, too, is I could see it, Bone, if he came into the NFL. Like, when Jameis was in college, as good as Jameis was, you already saw those turnovers, right? That he ended up then, you know, being known for even more in the pros. Bryce is far from that turnover-laden quarterback. Bone, he threw the ball over 900 times uh, in college, and he had 12 interceptions. Like, he is – one of his strengths is taking care of the football. It is. So, he will. I also, just, I did not realize this, and this is from our texter, Nick. I, I don't know the exact number, if this is accurate, but I assume it is. Justin Fields, Mac, has thrown five INTs in camp so far. Yeah, Mike Greenberg is on Get Up, calling him the next great superstar of the league. So, yeah. and that and that shouldn't be a huge deal either. No, it's Doesn't not, Andy well, Dalton have, like, the same amount as Bryce? Doesn't I, he have, like, four also or I, something I, like I th- that? I think so. And he's been in the league forever. Bryce is a rookie. And yeah. plus, our defense making plays, like... Can't we be happy about that? I don't know. Maybe I'm such a homer, but I always, I tend to look at the bright side, Bone. I tend to look at the sunny side up when it comes to Panther training camp. You look at the bright side also. (laughs) Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Weston Walker on a War Cry Wednesday, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you writing it on the text line. we got a good one to lead us off here because Greer, the only reason I know his name, despite it coming in on a 980 number, is because he sent in a newspaper clipping, a picture of one, where he was actually featured at a fan fest when he was a kid in 1997. The write-up on the picture of him wearing a Carolina Panthers helmet and having the face paint, the whiskers, the Panther knows and all of it. The write-up is Greer Poplin. Sorry, I called you out, but that's what it was. Of Concord joined the thousands at Eric- Erickson Stadium for Saturday's open oh, practice, Erickson. where for the first time since the playoffs, fans got to watch their Panthers in action. So very cool to see that memory in 1997. Man, just five years old I was. How old were you? You were going to that one, right? 
I mean, that was one that you might have attended. Yeah, man. Back in the day when it was Erickson Stadium. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> uh, we were asking about some of the uniform combinations. 704 said all black with the black helmet. A lot of people like the black on black on black. Somebody called it all murder. <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime a team. And so my mom, we, we'll, we'll, we'll debate about this from time to time because she does not like when teams who don't have black in their primary color palette wear black they get all black uniforms and i told her it signifies it's all business or if you want to be murdered out or however you want to not to use such a rough term but just all business or uh, things like that man but all black signifies something and that's why a lot of i always do that i always think of plies i'm dressed in all black just like <laughs> a scary movie 704-570-9610 best combo black shirt gray pants all blue unis with the black socks i like the all blue unis those are pretty good anytime you think of the blue for the, the carolina panthers ones, yeah. yep people will think of the thursday thanksgiving night victory over the dallas cowboys yeah. we saw luke keekley have a pick six that was a fun game a lot of people remember 2015 in that historic that what a great season that was not only for the 15 wins but also just the monster wins like over at dallas what about the super bowl Super Bowl was not a monster win. Oh. It was not. Yeah. But 15 wins in the regular season. It's okay Dang to say historic regular season. Um, and then we get to some of the more entertaining athletes, just personality wise. Like I'm not really looking for most entertaining on the court because then you would bring a Vince Carter. But Vince, Car Vince Carter personality is not one of the best personalities in sports history. I mean, yeah, he's got a great personality, but. Because when it's I think about it in these terms, dude. I'm thinking marketability, commercials, yeah. endorsements, things of that nature. Well, because he was, he's, he was marketable, but I'm, nobody's looking at his personality and saying, hey, let's put him anywhere close to the Shaq realm. Right. That's it's what about, I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's him doing the reverse 360 dunk. Have you ever noticed that? Mm -hmm. I love that fact about Vince is that he doesn't go what you typically, the direction you typically go for a 360 dunk. He goes the opposite way. If you try it on like an eight foot hoop or whatever you can dunk, it's really hard. And it has nothing to do with your ability to get up and dunk it. For sure. You just can't turn that way. It's so weird. And that's, that's the why they call chose. it God-given ability. It was amazing. Chubb in a tub said, would you put Pat McAfee up there? Absolutely. Yes. Made a career of it. No doubt. It's a great one. 704 said Ocho Cinco. Another very good one. T. Harv. How about Kendrick Perkins, Wes? Kendrick Perkins. He certainly made a career off of it as well. Uh, I would say no on him. I think he just gives takes. And even though he does tell it like he sees it, but I don't see Kendrick Perkins doing commercials or anything uh, like that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is a great one. A lot of people wrote no Marshawn. Uh, the, the videos where he Richard does Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's good. The videos where he, Marshawn doesn't know that he's being filmed. Those are my favorite. When he talk, when he's talking with Richard Sherman about he said, yeah, I'm about to go back to the hood and hand out turkeys. Richard said, okay, I'll go with you. Like, for real? Yeah, it's just, and he doesn't even promote some of this, where he's just out in the street handing out turkeys, and it's not an event that he promoted to say, hey, donate as much as you can. And there was somebody that was driving by Marshawn Lynch and said, wait, is that the all-pro running back handing out turkeys in the street? <laughs> and that's how we knew. God, Marshawn Lynch is the best. TC, we said primetime early in the show. We did. Michael Irvin from Gas House. Daddy is a good one. Yes. Final one, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman is a, a very good no one question. to say as well. Uncle Shay Shay. All right, that's good. Uncle Shay Shay is great. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about some actual Carolina Panthers topics on the football field. You worried at all about one of your boys here? It, we, we got a couple of your guys in a Carolina Panther okay. uniform. As you slowly conform to Panthers fandom, we know that you love their quarterback, 
funny, Bryce funny, Young. funny. We know that you love one of the undrafted guys that maybe isn't having the best camp. But, of course, we need to start with the quarterback. Bryce Young has thrown an interception in four straight days. Could make it a fifth straight day if he throws a turnover here um, at FanFest tonight. Let's hear from Bryce Young talking about what he learned from red zone practice and how he'll learn more watching tape. You know, there's there's ups and downs. There's always stuff to learn. Um, and, you know, you take every rep in stride. Um, and you learn your, you know, you have initial, you know, reactions, stuff on the field. And then, you know, you know, the real learning and then being able to see is when you, you know, you roll back the tape, which obviously we haven't had the chance to do yet. Um, so, you know, you, you have a, you know, you have those uh, initial reactions. You feel it out on the field and you kind of just go play by play and, um, and then turn the page. And then, you know, now that the practice is over and we're going to get into meetings, um, you know, we're going to watch it back. Um, and then, you know, really see how, how things un- unfold, see how it looks with the eye in the sky and then um, really take the, the learning from there. Get those interceptions out now. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to see them in the regular season. Do you have any worry at all that this has happened for a straight day? Uh, not really because I think Obviously, he's a rookie. Obviously, he's seeing new things every day. And for the most part, at the beginning of camp, the defense is always ahead of the offense because the offense has to install so much. And so one of the things, though, was they were talking about how the offensive line was struggling. And so there was a lot going on back there that caused him to throw a pick. And they were saying during that period that they had been struggling uh, as well. So that's going to be an interesting aspect. We know they've had some injuries up there. So uh, is that offensive line going to be up to snuff? We talk about Icky a lot, uh, but just this whole unit as a whole, are they struggling in camp? We haven't seen a ton of reports updating how the offensive line looks as of yet. But I do know when I saw... uh, uh, and one of the periods where he did throw an ill-advised pass that the offensive line had been struggling for that period. But to answer your question, not really, because I think that this is a guy that he's a rookie. He's going to throw some interceptions, but I think he's going to throw a lot less than the average rookie. And practice, man, even the best of guys get picked off. Well, sure. this is this is the learning time. This is when you're trying to figure out maybe you're pressing a little more. This is all very new to him. The only thing, I'm not saying you're saying the offensive line is an excuse, but I hope that's not the reason why he's throwing the interception, to be honest, because if it is the offensive line, it's going to get a lot worse if they're struggling against people actually wanting to hurt you. <laughs> because now, these are the defensive linemen that don't want to hurt you in practice. And it's as... It's as less a physical game now than it will ever be in a regular season contest. And so that's why the offensive line, granted, you want them to perform well, but I hope that's not the reason why he's throwing interceptions. I hope that he's throwing interceptions because he's experimenting, because he's trying to fit it in tight windows. Who knows? But Frank Reich also talked about Bryce Young turning over the ball a little too much now. Here's what the head coach had to say. I thought Bryce had a good day today in the red zone. You know, when you get down to really tight windows, right, as we all know, you have to try things out. Like, we're going to tell him, hey, challenge yourself. See if you can put the ball in that place, in that window, against that coverage. We, we need to find those things out now. What, what are we comfortable with? Did you like the way he ran that route? So I thought Bryce did a great job of that today, as did all the quarterbacks. And, you know, you throw enough down there, you're going to have some good ones and some bad ones. But I thought it was a, a good day. Bryce Young is not Pat Mahomes. He's not. I'm not going to compare anybody to the guy that could possibly be the best to ever do it. But if I'm not mistaken, I feel like Pat Mahomes threw a decent amount of interceptions in training camp. But it's because he's all over the place. He's a live wire, if we want to roll with that phrase here on Wesson Walker as we debuted that segment yesterday. Bryce Young, feeling so confident within his ability, I have no problem with him, one, 
trying, maybe not forcing those throws, but seeing what can work in the NFL with NFL speed in the red zone where you heard from Frank Reich trying to fit that football into tight windows. Love seeing him actually experiment and try to figure out what's going to work. But also the thing I like about Bryce Young is it doesn't seem to be affecting him on everything else, right? Like he bounces back and he'll throw a dime. You know, Bryce Young will bounce back and shake it off. We'd love what he can do because of his understanding of the game. And that's what I think is is fine here. Watching Bryce Young throw a few interceptions in a row, he seems to bounce back pretty strong. Yeah, and so that's the thing. You want him to keep learning. I mean, I just saw uh, you look it up and you see guys like Aaron Rodgers. They say he throws a ton of interceptions in practice because uh, he wants to see if his guys can make plays. So he throws some low percentage balls here and there. I don't think that's the case with a Bryce Young. I think the fact that, as we said, he's still learning. The defense is going to be a little bit of hit ahead. But I do wonder one thing, and just some just to bring to the table, I don't think it's necessarily true, but do you think that like when they talked about he threw the one interception when there was heavy pressure, I don't think that would be the case, but do you think there would be any sense of once he gets into the real games, this is a different level of competition and sometimes he might panic because he doesn't want to get hurt and maybe throw some balls sometimes? I think that's the very worry that you have with any QB stepping into the NFL. I don't know if what we're seeing right now is enough to say, this is a bad sign. Now I'm officially worried. I think it's always there when this is just the part of the maturing process, getting into the NFL from even yes, baby NFL, JV SEC level college football. Like I think that's the thing that you're worried about, but also it's kind of a blanket statement over every rookie QB. It's not specifically towards Bryce young and the guy's really calm and he's delivered dimes after some of those interceptions. And so I understand what you're saying. A hundred percent. I think that's what every question, everybody's going to have that question about the rookie QB, but I'm not worried about it specifically. Yeah. And what coach said is what I just said about Aaron Rodgers. They're telling him, Hey man, take some chances. They're not putting uh, the clamps on him in practice. Say, Hey, don't turn the ball over. Don't do this. Don't do that. They want him to figure this thing out. He's got plenty of time. And just like any practice session, that's where you make your mistakes. You want to make them there. So you don't make them in the game. So I'm not worried about this at all uh, with Bryce Young because it's just like human nature to always focus on the negative. It's like there have been plenty of reports to come out just like in that same practice and said he lit it up in the red zone and how well he played there. So for every report about there being an interception and if he's only throwing one per practice or something like that, I mean, I think that's pretty doggone good if you're only throwing one practice. I sound like Bobby Bowden when I said that, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty good if you're only throwing an interception or two every practice because I would expect my quarterback to be able to make some mistakes. I mean, when you're out there playing and trying to figure things out and experiment. Well, and if it's happening in the red zone too, that's when things get harder. So yeah, yeah I mean, even impressed. Bryce Young talked about just bad ball placement on a late throw to Ian Thomas that Keith Taylor intercepted. That's a hundred percent on me and stuff I can learn from. I did want to transition into Keith Taylor though, because I think with him playing cornerback, that's the position group. I feel like we're getting the most storylines so far. Wes, I go to Keith Taylor who is playing well. C.J. Henderson, again, you don't have to believe that he is going to perform in the regular season because it's the whole fool me once, fool me twice thing. I totally get you, but we're just reporting what everybody else is, and it seems like C.J. Henderson is playing well when he's on the field. He is a little banged up right now. J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, they're healthy. All good stuff from those four cornerbacks. 
not such good stuff from your boy Rajon Wright, <laughs> the undrafted free agent. And look, I liked the pickup. I thought mm-hmm. there was enough ability there, especially at a position where you weren't comfortable with their depth. But it doesn't seem like he's making a lot of uh, a lot of um, positive headlines here with his play. Well, the thing is, they're, they're saying that uh, according to people who have been watching that. Uh, Wright and Herb Miller, they're being outperformed by Henderson, Keith Taylor, Stanley Thomas, Oliver the third. Yeah. And so the thing about him, too, is he hasn't been available. He's been hurt. Uh, he's been on the practice bike to start uh, the practices with pads mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So that's going to hurt him as well, because as an undrafted free agent, man, you cannot afford to miss any reps. You have to take advantage of every opportunity uh, that you get. And so he's had some indifferent performances during training camp. And then they said nagging complications from things are restricting him to the bike. So he's got to get healthy so he can get out there uh, on the field. And so you talk about some of the other cornerbacks they have been the story of camp when you talk about some of the guys who have been playing well and then Dante Jackson coming back and uh, just talking about coming back from that Achilles and for a player that their game is based on speed like his you know he just had to talk about how he needed to get his mental back and we know with sports how important that is and he said he had to get out of the dark hole and be able to uh get to the point where he felt confident being able to follow guys as the number one receivers again and uh, just play meaningful reps, as he said. So uh, this is a unit that's going to be one of the most critical. I think it's the one we worry about the most. And so to see they have some guys doing some positive things, I think is a good sign. Yeah, 100%. And we'll see about Rajon Wright once he gets fully healthy, if he can contribute in a bigger way. But you are seeing positive things coming from C.J. Henderson. And Keith Taylor is a guy I'm still a little interested in. C.J., we're just going to have to see it in the regular season. There's nothing he can do right now that is going to change the opinions of people that are out on C.J. Henderson. And that's fine. He struggled too much. Jacksonville gave up on him in a trade. And there's a difference between a top 10 pick like CJ not figuring it out yet. And Keith Taylor, who was a fifth round pick a couple of years ago, maybe not figuring it out yet. But here's what Joe Person writes when talking about Keith Taylor continuing to make plays. Henderson sidelined with a growing injury on Tuesday. Taylor turned in the defensive play of the day with a good read and a break on a young pass just past the pylon, as we just mentioned, in that red zone competition. And here's Wright talking about him, saying the play he made today in the red zone was really nice. He made a couple of nice plays the other day in the stadium. We need that competition. We need that depth. And he's strung a couple good days together now. We go back to last year and really focus on that Tampa Bay outing where Henderson, Taylor, nobody was good. We can even go against Pittsburgh in week 15. Keith Taylor was very bad in 65 total coverage snaps. If you look at what he did against Detroit, PFF at least grades him pretty well at a 70 coverage grade. I just think the bad stuff was so bad in week 15 and week 17, that second to last game against Tampa Bay and couldn't do enough because he didn't play much. He only played one snap against New Orleans. It's just we all remembered the negative stuff. I do think that there are enough positives for Keith Taylor for you to at least hang around another year, right? Like just to see what's going on with him. With CJ, he's got the first round talent, but... I feel like Keith Taylor, okay, it would make sense for a fifth-round guy to maybe not figure it out until year three. With CJ, you're drafting a top-10 dude to start right away. He might have all the ability, but it just hasn't panned out. Very different situations for two guys that were struggling at the end of last year. Can you get one of them 
to be average this season. That would do wonders, I think, Wes, for the cornerback depth. Yeah, I think it would. And so I think it, it it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out between those two because ideally you would want to maybe try to get both. But it seems like, again, these are guys that you talked about play well in, in camps before. And so we're just going to have to see when we get to the games. And hopefully you don't get to see too much of them because that means that Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn have been healthy. And so that's the ideal situation that you want for this unit is that you don't have to see these two guys uh, very often in a starting role. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon for from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Get a chance to reunite with somebody who uh, I spent some radio time with last year and uh, not nearly enough as uh, we sit here. We sit here together. Vashti Hurt joins me from Carolina Blitz and she joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline as well. It's so good to see you. I know. It's been a while, Willie. And now, you know, when I sat down, I said, you're skinny Willie now. Mm. It's, it's a good look. I was about, I was about to say, it's a, uh, it was a much different Willie that you sat across from uh, <laughs> about 12 months ago. Uh, around this time was when I actually started the, uh, the diet plan, too. So it's interesting there. You and I were just talking about the way the Panthers' schedule starts. First two weeks of the season, they're at Atlanta, and then they're home on Monday Night Football, which is, I think, one of the rarities. I can't remember a time where they've opened the home schedule on a Monday Night Football game. If they go 2-0 and in that stretch, what is this city going to be like? Nuts. I mean, the, the Charlotte, the Panthers fan base, North Carolina, South Carolina, has been itching for something to really cheer about. And I don't think, I mean, since the camera turned, that, that, that uh, uh, Washington game, uh, when, when it was nuts, I, I think it'll be at that level. Uh, if, if, they, if they come out 2-0 in the division, like that would be huge and, and, and really setting the team up to make to make a, a playoff run how wide of a variance is the ceiling and the floor for this team i think it's pretty wide i mean and it really depends on bryce right i think that that fitterer and Wright and and the team have done a really good job of putting bryce in a situation where you can kind of plug in a quarterback and be successful year one it just depends on how successful bryce is I think from seeing him at training camp, he has everything that you need, except arguably the size. But the the intangibles, the 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 mindset, the drive, all of that is good if 
Bryce Young can be just average. I think this team can be very good. If he's not very good at all, it, then there'll be a very quick reality check. The big, the big thing for me is how much does inexperience hurt him and how long does it take to get him seasoning? Because that's, I think, the biggest thing that you mentioned, the size. I think the thing, other thing that we think about is, is that, okay, how does he react to NFL defenses and how does he not compound mistakes by making them worse? And I think that's the biggest question mark that we still have not seen because the fortunate thing or unfortunate thing about this from his perspective is that we didn't really see much adversity for him when he was at Alabama. Yeah, but even in practice, when he's thrown an interception, he'll come right back and not like literally not miss a pass the, re- the remainder of practice. So he's able to really have a short memory and, and learn from his mistakes. Uh, that's one thing that has really stuck out to me. And then Coach Wright said y- yesterday that he's encouraging Bryce to take risk now during practice, throw in those tight coverages, you know, play around with the defense and, and their coverages and seeing what you like as a quarterback and how you plan to go up against that. Now is the time for him to make make those mistakes so that he doesn't make those on Sunday when the regular season starts. Fast I Heard is with us from Carolina Blitz talking with us on the Kyle Bailey Show. Willie P in for Kyle Bailey on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The doors open at Bank of America Stadium in less than a half an hour. Practice gets underway around 7. What is uh, something that has surprised you in Spartanburg over this first week and a half? The quick connection between Bryce and DJ Chark. And, and coming into the season, everybody was so mad that DJ Moore left, understandably, right? Mm. And this is going to be, and oh, there's no wide receiver one. There's no wide receiver one. Well, this team doesn't need a wide receiver one. But out of the gates, it seems like Bryce Young and DJ Chark have established a connection where every practice they are connecting for a, a 30 to 40-yard passing plays. And for that to happen so quickly, that's been surprising for me. And I think that that is a, a good thing for a young quarterback. Is this the year, and again, probably asking him this is a hard thing to do with a rookie quarterback, but is this the year that TMJ puts it all together? I, I, <laughs> I know, I know. I Trust me, we want to see. we all want to see it happen. Okay, if I had to bet yes or no, I would bet yes. Uh, he's always the last off the field. He's working hard. I think that he views this as a make-or-break year for him. I think that he's really the only jump ball option for Bryce. You know, those red zone jump ball plays, he would be the option for them to go to in this offense. So I think that he has an opportunity to really to really uh, improve on his stock. And, you know, last year he was a healthy scratch for nearly half the year under Matt Rule and then you know uh, Steve comes in and he's interim coach and he now gets more opportunities and we saw flashes so I do think you know wide receivers need touches if Bryce as we expect him to do spreads the ball and gets the ball in TMJ's hands I think that he'll he'll start to become the player that everybody expected when he came out of LSU there's been a lot of talk about the situation opposite Brian Burns now people say you bring Deion Jones in maybe that frees Louisville up to be a part of that uh there's of course the Marquise Haynes part of this how do you expect the Panthers to solve that part of their defensive conundrum there's a reason why these guys are professionals, right? Me as a non-coach, I'm like, there's 
they, you need to compliment Brian on the edge. Uh, Yitor Grossmatos so far has not panned out. Uh, Marquise Haynes, I believe, is dealing with a back injury. But he seems to, you know, this is not the first time, but during the regular season, he's available. Uh, it's part of the coaching jobs. It's part of the coaching staff's job to develop talent. So they think that the answer is on the roster. They did sign Deion Jones. Uh, Frankie Louisville is a versatile type player where he can play, you know, along the lines and, and, and provide a pass rush. I just have to trust the coaches at this point that that they feel like they have the answer. Um, Evero, they say, is a really, really calculated uh, defensive coordinator, and and it's their job to get the best out of the players on the roster. So if they think it's there, you know, uh, you hope that they're right. Is Brian Burns going to get his deal done before we line him up against Atlanta? I think they should get it done. That's, <laughs> that, I mean, if I had, yes. I think the deal gets done. But I also think that they're waiting on Bosa because Bosa is going to set the market. Mm -hmm. So just like when Bryce signed his deal, then you had all the other quarterbacks sign their deal. You're going to have that one guy who's considered the top set the market, and then they're going to start negotiating based off that. So maybe if Bosa gets a deal done, then then you'll start seeing the chips fall for everybody else. J.C. Horn has less than half of a season of on-field work in his NFL career. How much of it is on us to try and temper the expectations of what we're looking at from his perspective? Or do you feel like he can do it? He has to do it. I mean, right now he's cornerback one, and, and, and that's another area where, you know, Wright says he's not concerned about the depth along in that cornerback room. You have uh, Dante coming off injury. You have J.C. coming off of hin injury. C.J. Uh, Henderson is now nursing a groin injury. But – J.C. Horn has to be available, and he has to play a full season, and um, and the expectation should be where they are. He's a first-round pick. He has to be on the field, and he has to be a shutdown-type corner. Anything less is disappointing. One of the things that I know that you always love saying you do is you keep it 100. <laughs> Who needs to show more in camp from your perspective that you haven't seen enough from? Well, Yitor Grossmatos. I mean, I think that you know, I haven't seen him really flash. You have Kobe Jones, who I think is an undrafted free agent who was brought over, I think, maybe in year one or year two. And in being in every practice, he's flashed more than Yitor. He, you know, he's had opportunities. They are they have not signed anybody to really compete in that on along that defensive line. If he wants to see the field, he's going to I need to see him flash in practice. I need to see more from him. Uh, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is that while Miles Sanders is going to be that guy you send out there first, they are going to need other people to compliment Miles Sanders. If it's Blackshear, if it's Hubbard, do you think Hubbard's ahead of Blackshear? Do you think the two of them are neck and neck right now? You know, I wrote about this the other day. I think they're neck and neck. And, and the reason why I think they're neck and neck is that Blackshear – is able. I think last year he had more receptions, uh, reception yards than than carries, than uh, than rush yards. And so this offense is going to be built around you know the 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 running back being an option in the passing game. And Blackshear is just a better pass catcher. Uh, Hubbard has we've seen him have have issue with his hands. Mm -hmm. And you know I'm I, you hope that that's something that he worked on during the off season. But I do think that they're neck and neck because Blackshear is a more versatile. Back. Uh, I know that people have been trying to do this with LaVisca Chenault and put him in the Debo Samuel role. He is not Debo Samuel. I think he can be more than a gadget player, 
but not a full-fledged wide receiver. Are we seeing him be more than just a decoy like he was at certain times last season? Shinoda is going to be a very key piece of this this offense, I think. I think more so than a decoy. They ran a, um, a rushing play. Uh, the last practice where he easily gained 20 yards on the rush uh, and he's he's catching balls as a wide receiver he may not be Debo but he can be a Debo like player and I think that this offense is going to be very creative with how they use him he is huge so you can can use him in a rushing game and he can also be a decoy because of that that dual skill set so but I don't think he will be used as a decoy I think that he will be a, a very integral part of the offense. Talking with Vashti Hurt from Carolina Blitz. I'll ask you this one on the way out because it was a question that we had on the show yesterday because even though the positional importance of an inside linebacker is such that you know you might want not to be giving a guy like that big money, let's say it's Luvu and Chin. If you're buying stock in one of those two guys <laughs> over the course of the next couple of years, who are you buying stock in? Which one of those two guys? I'm buying Luvu stock. I'm buying Luvu stock. I, I don't know. I like Chin. Uh, and, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? And last year, Chin had the better season, and it's what have you done for me late? I'm, I'm sorry, Luvu had the better season. Yes. And so I'm, I'm going to go with Luvu. Uh, that's the stock I will buy. I'm not hating on Chin now because mm-hmm. Chin is a very good player, but you ask me who I'm purchasing stock in long term, it's Luvu. What, is, what has to happen for Chin to get back to that rookie season that he had? You know, I think that Chin has great ball instincts, and those are those are those show well when you're cl- playing closer to the line. I don't know how they're going to use him. Uh, we've seen him everywhere on the field in practice. He does look better in coverage. Uh, so you know, I just think that they have to find a way. You know, he's been playing in some big nickel packages. They have to figure out a way to use his athleticism and ball instincts to benefit him. Uh, but I think he feels the pressure of having a down year after being such a fan favorite his first season. And there, I mean, from a cap standpoint, they are in a good position. So even though it might be a redundancy, they might be able to afford to keep them both. But there is, as we know, a priority list when it comes to these things. People need their money. And there's, you know, one or two guys every year that are going to get big money. And as a result, the Panthers do have at least a lot of those decisions still left in the offing to try and decide. Yeah, but they they've freed up a lot of cap space and I think that they um, Fitterer and Suleiman have done a good job of look be, being very forward thinking with the money that they've given guys I think that they would they would pay Chin and Luvu. The last thing you want is to have, you know, put all the pieces on offense and then your defense falls off because you don't have the money to pay these guys. So uh, I, I think they've done a good job of kind of staggering contracts and planning for the future as well as trying to get uh, the pieces that they need currently. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.